so caught up in life that we forget we're going to stand before God. All of us are going to stand there, and, and we, 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 we have, want to have the confidence that we're going to be standing in the right place. Amen. Somebody shout out me at me where we need to be standing that day. What judgment do we need to be standing at? Someone shout it out to me. Huh? The judgment seat of Christ. Okay? You do not want to be at the white throne judgment. Amen. We are not going to be there. That is for unbelievers. And verse 6 of that Psalm 1 says, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Why does he know it? Because we walk it. And the way of the ungodly shall perish. Here's another verse. Deuteronomy 5.33 says, You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you would live and that it may be well with you, and that it would prolong your days in the land which you should possess. Sometimes we, we can get to, in church to where we're like, we're doing things consistently over and over again, and we can think, man, is this, is, this, is this right? Is this working? Why do I do this? Because this is what Deuteronomy is saying. We come to church, and we learn how to live. We learn how to walk. We learn how to, to, to carry ourselves in a way that is pleasing to God. And if we don't have church, if we don't have the word, if we don't have each other, we don't learn that. We talked about that. We had a great meeting after church this morning with our leaders. And we went over a whole lot of stuff that we learned at conference in different workshops. Just little things that are, that are very important to the growth of the church. Little things like first impressions. Little things like being passionate about our ministry. Just, just all kinds of little things that are very important because souls are hanging in the balance when they come into this place. This is not a place that's, as Robert said at the offering, that's just here because we want to have a building and, and have a church name. This is a hospital, like Brian said. This is a place that we want people to come in and learn. And the thing is, is tonight, you individually and as a couple or as a family, you all have something that somebody else can admire and watch and need. And then you have something that you can learn from somebody else in their life because we're all at different places in our lives. We're all in different walks. Okay, We're all trying to walk this walk, but not everybody's in the same place. And there are certain things in, in our walks that are, we're, we're doing better on than other people. And other people are doing better in their walks than us. And there's so many different things that we have to work on. But our walk is a, is a daily thing. And it's a never-ending improvement. Amen. We're constantly trying to get closer to God. I was thinking about this walking thing. When, when the Bible says that Enoch was walking with God. And then we saw in the Gen book of Genesis when in Adam and Eve had sinned, the Bible says that God was walking in the garden. Can you imagine that God was physically there, physically walking in the garden? And this is kind of interesting. I thought about this. When you walk with somebody, how many have ever walked with somebody? Not, not just talked, but walked and talked with somebody. Go for a walk, walk around a park, walk around a lake, walk around the neighborhood, whatever. When you walk with somebody, there's something intimate about that. Because it's different than just sitting at a table or sitting in, standing in church and talking. When you walk with somebody, there's, there's something about um, that it's such a friendship or such, such a, a, a dynamic that's different that you, are, are no, you don't really have an agenda. You're walking and you're not saying, hey, let's walk you know, a thousand steps and we're going to stop. Or let's walk around this thing one time. You're just walking and you're just talking. And of course, you might have a specific thing you're talking about. But a lot of times, you're just walking and talking. 
and you're just kind of just conversing about life. And those are good things to do. Amen. We could all use more walking and more talking. Amen. And it's a good thing to do, just have those walks. But I was thinking, that's what God wanted with us. That's what God wants with us. He, he, I believe that Enoch literally walked with God, and he had those intimate conversations. And, and, and this, again, goes back to what Brian said. God doesn't want the pressure to be on us in a way where we don't feel like we can talk to God. He wants us to, and I fight this myself, we all do. We can begin to pray, and all of a sudden we, 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 we try to impress God with our words. We try to sound super spiritual. We try to sound super authoritative. And what God really wants is just us to talk to Him from our hearts. Right? Like imagine if you were talking to your husband or wife or a friend and you started talking a certain way to try to impress them. They're going to be like, what are you doing? Why are you talking like that? Why are you using those words? You don't ever use those words. What are you doing? It would pe- the person would take it as weird. I think sometimes God is like, come on, man, be real with me. Where did you learn that word? You don't even speak that, amen? Where'd that come from? And we can kind of get to, and, and you'll be like, well, I heard it in church, or I heard someone else say it. That's Christianese, amen? He just wants us to talk from our heart. And so think about that intimacy of walking with God. Genesis 3.8 says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So uh, I just want to throw in there that my, my, my favorite time of the day doesn't last long enough. It's the last hour. I love the last hour of the day. That's my absolute favorite time. I love sunsets. I love when the sun's going down. I love that time of the day when the sun's is just getting darker, but it's not dark. That's like my personal favorite time of the day, and I wish it lasted longer. That's to me what he's talking about right here. The sun's going down. There's a beautiful sunset. It's cooler. Amen. Thank God. Any time of the day, even when it's hot in the summer, it gets a little cooler. And, and, and God wants us to walk with him. So I want you to think about that, walking with God. Number two, pleasing God. I don't have to ask you tonight how many want to please God because that's obvious. We want to please God. Jesus heard those awesome words from God. He got baptized by John the Baptist and the Bible says that the skies opened up. Now none of us have ever experienced that but it sure would be awesome. The skies opened up and all of a sudden God's voice came down from heaven and said, This is my son in whom I am well pleased that's what we're looking for now we're not going to have the sky open up on a regular day but think about it going back to talking about the return of Christ there is coming a day when the sky is going to open up and we're going to hear those words come up here amen and when we hear those words it's going to be because we have pleased God amen and we're going to be able to go up there and be with him and that's something we've got to look forward to amen We need to keep that in the forefront of our minds and our spirits that we're waiting to hear those words because that's literally what he's going to do when he blows that trumpet. He's going to call us up and we're going to be with him and we're going to hear those words. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Go there real quick. I want you to look at this. I'm going to go over this in just one more point. So walking with God, pleasing God, and preaching Jesus. Number two, pleasing him. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1. As you're getting there, and and we're talking about pleasing Him, our walk is something that pleases Him. And and I want you to to encourage yourself to realize that even if you don't feel like you've arrived, because none of us have, 
you are closer to God now than you were last year. Amen. You are closer to God now than you were to you. Unless you're backslidden. If you're backslidden, that's not the case. I don't believe anybody in here is backslidden. But if you're backslidden, then, then that's a different case. But if you're not, you're closer to God today. You've grown more. You love God more. You understand God more. You know Him more. And so we're, we're walking with Him, and our walk is pleasing to God. But how do we stay there, and how do we get it better? 1 Thessalonians 4 says, verse 1, Finally, brethren, we urge you and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more. That means don't ever get satisfied with your walk. Just as you receive from us, look at this, how, how, how this is tying together, how you ought to walk and to what? Please God. Now here, here's how we please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. What, what, what's another verse say? Jesus says, I want you, I, I, I'm pleased when you obey my commandments. Amen? When you love your neighbor as yourself and you obey my commandments. What does God want us to do to please him? There's two things we do to please him. One is we have faith. And the other is we do what he says. Okay? Parents that are in here, you just want your, parent, your kids to listen to you. That's all you want your kids to do. If your kids will just listen to you, you will be happy with them. Amen. There's something that just, it's the simplest thing that pleases a parent. It's just when they listen. It's not, you don't have to do extraordinary things. Just obey what I tell you to do. That's what God is saying. I am pleased with you when you obey. Amen. When you obey. Now watch this. Verse 3. For this is the will of God. This isn't real popular preaching nowadays. Your sanctification, that you would abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you would know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. So how do I please God? I obey what he says. Amen. I do what he asks. Now I got ahead of myself on the next one, which is Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now, here's a promise. I love, I love the word because of how, he, how God says it. He'll, he'll ask something of us, and then he'll give us a promise if we obey. Amen? He says, he says without faith, if you want to please me, you have to have faith. So what Jennifer gave is that example, and all these examples we've heard lately of financial things and people stepping out and getting blessings and paying your tithes when it's not easy to pay them and, and, and praying when it don't feel like praying and witnessing when you don't feel like witnessing. Just doing those things pleases God. And then he says, without it's impossible to please me, but he says, he's a re- for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now think about that word reward. Is there anybody here that does not like that word? That's an awesome word. Reward. There is nothing bad about a reward. Rewards are good. Amen. And 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 so we think about, you know, a dog's lost, $100 reward, you know, uh, turn somebody into the law, $1000 reward, right? Those are those are rewards that we know about. But can you imagine the reward that God has. I, one of my favorite verses. You know, you gotta as you grow in the Lord, you gotta have key verses that keep you going. They're like they're like they're like food and water and oxygen. 
And another one of my favorite ones is that eye hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of mind of man all the things that God has prepared for those who love him. That's a promise that ought to keep you going all the time, amen? That, that everything I do that's sacrificial, everything that I do that hurts or is difficult is going to be what? Rewarded. I think just a few weeks ago I preached on the crowns. God is a God who sees everything. Now sometimes we look at that in the light of he sees everything and that's a scary thing and sin and things we might want to hide or whatever. But on the opposite side of that, we need to understand, you know what, I did something for the Lord. I didn't get a pat on the back. I didn't have anybody recognize it, but God saw it. And when you begin to please God, then you begin to walk a happy life. Because if you're trying to please man, now, now understandably, in, in work, you have a person, a human being that you have to work for to get that. In, in, in here, you have people you work with, and there's all, your people are always going to be involved. But we're not doing it to please man, we're doing it to please the Lord. Now we do everything we do as unto the Lord, and many times we have to show our service through people. Can't get away from that, but the bottom line is, if I'm doing everything I'm doing to ultimately please God, I'm going to be happy. Amen? Pleasing the Lord. One more, one more verse here. Psalms 147, verse 10 and 11 says, He who does not delight, he, sorry, he does not delight in the strength of the horse. He, he takes no pleasure in the legs of a man or the strength of a man. So he's saying, I'm not impressed by abilities. Do you realize that tonight God is not impressed? Doesn't mean he doesn't want you to use them. He's not impressed by them. Think about that. You know, how many times do we try to impress God? How can you impress God, honestly? The only thing that impresses God is faith. That's it. Because outside of that, how are you going to impress God who created this world? I mean, there's nothing you can do, nothing you can sing, nothing you can say outside of faith that's going to impress the Lord. So he says he's not, he's not delighting or pleasures, taking pleasure in, in strength or the legs of man, but he says the Lord, verse 11, this is powerful, takes pleasure in those who fear him. He takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his mercy. Now let me give you one more promise before we go to number three, because I like promises. Proverbs 16, 7 says, When a man's ways please the Lord, this is so awesome. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Isn't that awesome? If you're worried about your enemies, if you're worried about people that don't like you, if you're worried about you know, people at work who talk about you, whatever it is, if you're worried about that, stop worrying about it. Please the Lord and know that God will make peace with your enemies. Amen? He will shut their mouths. He will cut them off. He will take care of those people if you just please the Lord. Amen? The Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Number three, preach Jesus. Preach Jesus. Why do we talk so much about preaching? Now we've changed the words a little bit. You know why we've changed those words? If you remember over there in the, in the uh, other, in the fellowship hall, it says evangelism, discipleship, and church planning. It hasn't changed. 
But the reason we changed it to reach, teach, send is the reason we're doing a lot of different things uh, in church, uh, the way we're doing things, is because we want to reach people that don't know the Lord. And we want to reach them in a way that's understandable. If I tell somebody reach, they, they understand that better than evangelize. Or if they've heard the word evangelize, they've heard a really weird, twisted idea of what evangelism is. Okay? And I could go into many examples. Same thing with teach. Disciple. Some people don't know what that means. What does it mean to be a disciple? Well, they know what it means to be taught. And the same with sin. Church planting, sin. So sometimes it's a word game. But the idea is we have to preach Jesus. The reason we talk so much about preaching is because it's the Great Commission. It's what Jesus said to do. Why do we preach? Why do we get up and have a message? Why do we always talk about <coughs> going out and preaching to people and witnessing to people? Because God said to. That's enough reason for me. He said in Mark 16, 15, He said to them, Go into all the world and what? Preach. Preach. The gospel to all creation. Now, I want to I clarify something really, really important. I, I, there was a time that I didn't really understand this myself. I would hear my pastor a lot of times talk about we've got to preach the gospel. We're not teaching the gospel. We're preaching the gospel. And I'd be like, what's the difference between preaching and teaching? The difference between preaching and teaching is you teach somebody who's already been saved. You preach to somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Meaning, he said, he did not say, go and teach the gospel. He said, go and preach the gospel. Okay? And then in, in, in Matthew 28, if you've heard that other part of the Great Commission, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he said, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then what? And then teach them all these things that I have taught you. So you get saved, you get baptized, and then you get taught. But the reason we're saying preach is because we're preaching the gospel. We're telling people that they need Jesus. We're telling people that they're, they're headed down a road of destruction if they don't change. We're telling people there's a train coming, however you want to say it, in whatever way the Lord uses you. But we need to preach Jesus. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 5 and 7. If you get tired, uh, and this is not what it says, if you get tired of hearing about preaching and witnessing and, and those kind of things, you've got to find a different church. Amen? Because it's always going to be the center of this place. That's what Jesus came for. Amen? Jesus did not come for any other reason. He came for us to reach other people. And if we would do what God's calling us to do, this place will be filled, this place will be packed, this place will be overflowing, and we will have to do something else because we're just doing what God has called us to do. Amen. And it's exciting. Isn't it exciting to see new people come in? Amen. And we're going to have an outreach in a couple weeks. That's a good opportunity to get some new people in. Amen. So Matthew 10, 5 to 7 says this, Jesus sent out his, now that's the part of sending right there, sent out after instructing them, and he said, do not go in the way of the Gentiles, do not enter, now obviously this was different lingo for the Jews, but it still applies to us of the end, end result, he says, don't enter any city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of Israel, because obviously they were going to reach the Jews first, then he says, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we've got to preach the gospel. We've got to tell people that Jesus loves them. Amen. And finally, Acts 1, verse 8. 
Why, why, why do we do it? Why do we need the Holy Spirit? He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Amen. Maybe that's where the Jehovah's Witnesses got it from. I don't know. Amen. We're all witnesses, and we're all God's witnesses. Amen. But we're not going to get to heaven because of that. We're going to get to heaven because of the blood of Jesus. We're going to get to heaven because of grace and mercy. But we need to preach and witness. And let me tell you something. The Jehovah's Witness and the Mormons are doing a better job than we are. They're out doing it every day. They're lost. They're trying to get there by works. They're not doing it the right way. But they're doing it. We have the answer. We need to go out and give it. Amen. And that leads me in, oh, let me finish that verse. He says, it's spirit of, spirit, that you'll see power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. Now let's end in Romans 10. I want you to go there with me tonight. Last, last scripture, Romans chapter 10. Another one of my favorite verses in the Bible. This really sums up the gospel. This really sums up WPP, walk, please, and preach. Walk, please, and preach. Give me an amen when you get there. Romans chapter 10. Now right before we, we read these verses are some very famous verses, 9 and 10, which you hear me quote all the time, which is if you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, believe in your heart you shall be saved. And that's the important salvation verses. But then watch what 11 says. For the scripture says, whoever, how many love whoever? Aren't you glad it says whoever? Aren't you glad that you are whoever? I am so thankful that I am whoever, that God chose me and didn't choose a certain race or a certain color or a certain country or a certain people, but he said, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Now watch this, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the Lord over all, now let me, let me, give, let me give a little test tonight, how many Jews are in here? Do we have any Jews in here? Any Jewish people? Amen. Not talking about how you handle finances. Amen. How, how many Gentiles do I have in here? Let me see your hand if you're a Gentile. All right. Some of you don't know, but you are a Gentile. Amen. We're all Gentiles if we're not Jewish. So he says that this word is for everybody. First to the Jew and then to the Gentile or the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Now watch this. Who ever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's pretty simple. Someone's got to hear it and they've got to say, okay, I want that. Now this goes in with what we talked about earlier and what it led in with prayer. Watch this. But here's the key. People are going to be saved because the Holy Spirit draws them, okay? But that does not take us out of the equation. We are in the equation. We are the, we are the mailman. We are the FedEx delivery man. We are the UPS delivery man. We are the one who delivers the package. That, that, that person that works for FedEx or UPS only goes up to the door and, and, and delivers it and asks for a signature. He can't make, he can't, he's not in charge of what the product is. He's not in charge of if they open it or do it, the right thing with it. He just delivers it. But if I don't deliver it, if I don't preach... If I don't speak, if I don't witness, they cannot be saved because God uses us. 
So we can't sit back and say, Lord, bring them over the doors. Let them trip over the front door. Let their car break down right there in front of the church and see the sign. Let the tire blow out right there, Lord. Can't do that. That, that, that might happen. That might happen because we're doing other things, but we have to go. We have to preach. We have to speak. We have to witness because watch what it says. If you don't believe me, watch what it says. It says, how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? How? They're just going to hear a voice from God. You know, that happens, but it's very rare. They're just going to just have a Saul experiment, experiment where the light just shines down from heaven. It says, and how, watch this, verse 14. How shall they believe in whom they have not Who, who who speaks to them? We do. We do. I don't see anything about the Holy Spirit drawing them yet. Because how can they believe if they have not heard? You are, this is a true saying, you are the only book or Bible many people will ever read. You might be the only person. You know, we say a lot of times, hopefully, Jesus loves you. Jesus has a plan for you. Jesus died. We say those words. You know what? We think everybody's heard it. We think everybody's heard those words. I believe everybody has heard the word Jesus, but unfortunately it's a cuss word in a lot of movies. doesn't mean they've heard the gospel. So don't think everybody's heard it. Here in the United States there's people who have not heard that name. He says, how will they believe on someone they have not heard? And then it says, how shall they hear without a preacher? Now that's not just me. We're all preachers. We're all evangelists. That's what's so awesome about the gospel. It's not about me. It's about everybody being the preacher in their home, in their neighborhood, in their workplace. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And listen, how shall they preach unless they're sent? Every time we come to church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, discipleship, ladies meetings, prayer meetings, whatever we do, everything we're doing is to, to cause us to go back out. Okay? This is practice. This is rehearsal. The game is tomorrow. The game is tomorrow. The game is Tuesday. The game is Thursday. The game is Friday. This is practice. This is where we come in and we get equipped, we get challenged, we get filled up, we get touched, and we get faith in our hearts to say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do something this week to make a difference in someone's life. Because it says, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Watch this, it says, verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For the Lord's, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has, this is important, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It's not a silent thing. You can be timid in here, you can be quiet in here, but you've got to speak it. You can't sign language it, you can't mentally get it, you've got to speak it got to say it in your own way however the Lord leads he'll use you but you got to open your mouth you got to be bold amen walk please and preach tonight father we want to see a harvest 
we want to see it harvest. I, I know I don't speak for myself alone. I know there's a desire in here. I know there's a, a willingness, Lord, to see a move of God. I know there's a, a love for people that you're giving us, Lord. And we want to see the, the people come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And tonight as we pray and we close in this service, again, Father, we're not promised a, another Sunday night in October. We're not promised another October 15th. We'll never have another October 15th, 2017. This is it. So Lord, we take this word, we take this challenge to walk with you, to please you, and to preach you. It's not us that they're rejecting. It's not us that they're accepting. It's you. And you are the great I am. And we are just the messengers, Father. And we ask tonight that we would be equipped with faith, that we would use the faith you've given us, that we could speak your word, and people could hear it, and people could be changed by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. All over this place tonight, as you're listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and as you're listening online right now, if you don't know Jesus, he's speaking to you right now. He's calling on you right now. He's saying, my child, I love you. I have a purpose for you. But I cannot accept you into my kingdom with the sin that you have in your life. Sin separates us. The wages of my sin is death. But God says the gift of God is eternal life. But you must accept my sacrifice. You must accept my son. Tonight, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, I didn't say if you became a church member. I didn't say if you, if you just believed. It's not enough even just to believe. Because the Bible says in James, even the demons believe and tremble at His word. But you believe, you accept, and you confess, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. If you're here tonight and that's you, just say, would you pray with me tonight? Just put your hand up and put it back down. That's me. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. That's me. Pray for me, please. If you're listening online, as we stand to our feet tonight, church, I want us to pray a prayer that people can pray online with us. I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful. I know that this is part of the message, and, and uh, I'm thankful that we have a podcast. I'm thankful that it can go out to who knows where. We don't really know where it reaches. I have people tell me all the time they're listening. But who knows if someone in another country is listening tonight. And right now, they don't know Jesus. They can say this prayer with us. If you're listening online as a church, we're going to say it. And we will never know until we get to heaven that that person got saved. But we're going to say the sinner's prayer together. Just repeat after me. And you that's listening online, just right where you're at in your car or in your living room or in the gym or wherever you are just stop and repeat this with me Lord Jesus I know I'm a sinner and I need a savior I'm never going to be good enough to be worthy of the kingdom of God the wages of my sin is death and separation but there's a gift 
called eternal life that Jesus gave to me when he came down from heaven and lived a perfect life, born of a virgin, and died on the cross and became a curse for me, dying for my sins, paying my price so that I could be free. I'm not saved by my works or because I'm good enough. I'm saved because of grace. And I accept that right now. Jesus, I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. Because he rose from the dead, I will rise from the dead. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise tonight. I believe somebody said that prayer. Hallelujah. Let's all find a place. Let's all come down to the altar on this Sunday night. Just come and stand. Come and kneel. If you're physically not able, that's okay. But just come down. We're going to sing a, a new song, a powerful song. We're going to just worship for a minute. As you worship and as you sing and as you pray, walk, please, and preach. That's what we're praying for tonight. That harvest of souls would come into this place tonight. Skies fill the decks within your breath. Time runs its race within your hand. Yes, Jesus. My mind runs well to
I know you're 
glorify you, Father. Lord, look inside of us tonight. Look inside of our hearts. Look inside of our minds. Look inside of our spirits. We know that you're here right now in this place. What a miracle to be standing in the presence of the living God, in the presence of the great I Am. In the same presence of the same God that Moses stood in front of. That Abraham talked to. That Enoch walked with tonight, Jesus. Your word says that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Father, we thank you tonight for this little bit of a glimpse of heaven, Father. This little moment where we can just lose track of time, Father, and worship you forget about all of our problems and forget about all of our needs Lord as we leave this place tonight let us know that this can happen in our car this can happen in our living room this can happen at home this can happen in the street God let us take this presence of the Lord with us as we walk with you and we please you and we preach you Jesus so that people can know what this feels like the peace and the presence of the living God Lord anoint us tonight put your words in our mouths let us be vessels that will speak your truth in love to this this city to this generation Father so that they can call on your name Jesus we bless you Father we worship you Father thank you tonight for your presence that is real we ask that you take us out of here covered in the blood father covered with your presence thank you for your healing tonight thank you for your deliverance tonight thank you for your plan tonight Jesus thank you for being real tonight God thank you Jesus worship your name praise your name Jesus we know that you're in this place Father count us worthy tonight count us worthy Jesus